Now, you have your Bible with you this morning. Will you hold it in and wave it like you just do care? Your app or whatever. You know, I've gone back to saying that. I don't want anybody to be offended. I put my phone. I got it on my phone. I want you to open to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter. If you don't have either one of those or don't feel like fooling with it and you just want to stay engaged, it will be on the screen. Uh, thanks to our, our creative pastor, uh, Chad, and his team back there that always make sure sound lights and you guys are, 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 have the visuals there. All right, Matthew chapter 2. I want to start in verse 1. It is the Christmas story according to Matthew. Now, if you're with me, say amen. I am, a, I am going to read to you uh, verses 1 and 2, and then I'm going to jump down to 9 through 12, all right? So I'm going to read to you verses 1 and 2, and I'm going to jump down, and I'm going to read to you 9 and 2. We are in our Christmas series here at 1. Uh, I have been excited to get to this message. I have preached this text uh, all, all different ways in 20 years. Uh, this is the first time I have, I have really singled out the subject of giving, um, and I want to highlight that this morning as we look at the wise men and, and them coming to find the, the Christ. Matthew chapter 2, um, starting in verse 1. Let me say before I get there that, that those of you that are not familiar with the Christmas story, and I don't pretend to believe that everybody that's tuned in or shows up or will listen to this in later days, know uh, everything there is to know about uh, the Christmas story. Uh, in, this, in this, Matthew is, is writing his account. He does not capture the shepherds. He, he captures, uh, well, really, uh, we're going to look at where the wise men come. They're uh, probably magicians. Uh, they're the magi. They're the scientists of the days. They're astronomers. If you, if you, if you remember, uh, Daniel, he refers to them in the Old Testament to the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, uh, Chaldeans. They summoned them to tell the king they were summoned to tell the king uh, about his dreams. Uh, these are probably, most likely, the same group, out of the same group. And so we, we want to look at when they come and, and they ask King Herod, and then they go to find Jesus, all right? So let's start in, in verse 1, all right? This is, uh, this is a really neat little story here. I love it. Uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. After this interview, now I'm jumping down to verse 9, okay, because Herod wants to say, what you talking about? I'm the king, okay? All right, we, we, we understand. I'm not, I'm not preaching a Christmas sermon per, per se, so I'm not breaking all of these down. I'm not doing nothing cheesy. Wise men still follow him, all right? The Grinch that stole Christmas like Herod. I, I'm not doing that, okay? So let's jump down, all right? Because he interviews them. He tells them, go find him. He funds them. He sends them. And he says, I want to worship him. But we all know, right? We all know he didn't want to worship him. He wanted to kill him, okay? All right? So verse 9, after, after this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star that had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. Verse 10. Now, really, 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 really want to preach these two verses right here, okay? 10 and 11. We'll read through 12. When they saw the star, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Verse 11. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Verse 12, when it came time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Now, I want to focus in, okay, I want to focus in for just a few moments this morning on verses 10 and 11. We'll cover all of them, but verses 10 and 11, and, and I, I want to talk about this subject. Here's the subject for this morning. Why do you give? Why do you give? And, and I, 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 listen, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page because I can't expect you to know what's going on inside this crazy marble jug up here, okay? All right? When I talk about give, I, I'm not necessarily talking about your tithe. I'm not necessarily talking about a monetary thing. That's a part of it. I'm not talking about your offering or, or whatever. When I, when I say give, um, and, and when it talks about giving, it, it means everything. You see, some people would argue, well, the tithe's not over in the New Testament. It's, just, it's a truth that it is implied. And you would be correct. There is nowhere it just says, do this and don't do that. It's an implied truth. Why? Because as we transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament under the New Covenant, those were the training wheels, all right? That's just the bare minimum. It's like my nanny says, uh, you're getting in by the skin of your teeth, boy. 
right? That, that's, that's just the entry level. That's just the beginner. That's just to show you and to teach you and to train you and to disciple you and really for you to determine and exercise some discipline in your life that you understand that you can never outgive God. So, but I'm not necessarily talking about your money, okay? So people say, well, we come to church every time we come to church. And, and I know, listen, I, I, I will never criticize the Easter and the Christmas group. I was a part of that group that gave my life to Jesus Christ. I was there on the Easter Sunday just because it was Easter and it's what you were supposed to do, mess around and got saved. Who, who would have ever thought? And here we are. But I understand that in those two times of year we talk about sacrifice and giving, it's probably likely that it's going to hit on those subjects, but I don't want you to have the mindset or you that are listening or tuned in that it's just talking about money. He's talking about your entire being. Money's just a small part of you, though it rules most of us. So before I give you this and before we move on, I want you to understand I'm not just talking about that. God doesn't need us. God chooses us. God doesn't need your money. He owns the cattle, as the old preacher used to say, on the thousand hills, and I added years ago, and he owns the Cadillacs on every Chevrolet dealership from here to Timbuktu or wherever. He owns it all. He doesn't need my, my measly little 10%. He just asked me to love him like that. So, so I'm asking you again, why do you give? Let's think about it more in a practical sense. Why do you give your time to your children? Why do you give your time to your spouse? Why do you give your time to your job? Why do you give your time to your sport? Why do you give your time to your school? Some of you are saying, well, they make me go. No, I mean, but, but why do you do that? Let's look practical. Why, why, and this is where my heart is for this message. Why, why do you give the gifts that you give at Christmas time? I mean, do you randomly, listen to me, do you randomly go into a store for your, your, your better half? Do you randomly go in a store and say, um, mini, 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 mo, okay? Or do you just look and go, okay, well, I don't, this is, I, I've got 20, but I, you know, I mean, I, I'm going to need a, I'm going to need a Twinkie and a Coke, and I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I get her a card. What goes into the process of you getting the gift that you give? Why do you give that gift? It's not random. I'll tell you a funny story because she's not in here, right? I, I love this Friday night. We do the white elephant. That is not racist, by the way, all right? We're all inclusive. We love them all, okay? The black elephants and the pink ones. I've, I've seen a few pink in my BC days. Um, anyway, so we do this little game where they bring a gift. It's a $10 minimum, uh, you know, max on the gift. Um, very, very, you know, they're nice little gifts, and they exchange them. And you probably know the game. I, I, I'm not really familiar with it um, and, and all that. But what was so funny is, is Friday, I wanted to get some last-minute things. That's why you saw a picture of me holding all that, all that toilet paper. We was going to have two teams race to create uh, the, the closest and best snowman, 10-minute snowman, two, two minutes to, to strategize and eight minutes to build the snowman. I had to speed the process up because Barry was about to pass out. Uh, he had just had his beard faded too, man. It was a rough, it was a rough night for Barry, but he sacrificed for those students and for Jesus, okay? And uh, funny part of the thing about why do you give, when, when, when uh, Sandra got home, I got the girls from school, when Sandra got home uh, from her classroom, uh, we run down to the DG below the house. Man, my, my girls at uh, 14, uh, 14 and nearly 15, they're, they're fascinated by the new DG down below our house, all right? It's like, it's like the Walmart of dollar stores, man. I didn't go, I've not been in many DGs. I usually go into family dollars, so don't judge me. You say, you don't go in a dollar store. No, 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 the family dollars above our house. That's probably the one we go to most often. Anyway, that's, that's where they want to go, and they want to go pick out their gift. Long story short, we go in there, we get a few supplies for the games, and I, the girls are, I give them a 20, and they go uh, do, do their thing. They're laughing and cutting up, and they're asking questions, and, and both of them are getting, like, these really cheesy gifts, like, Addie picked out a thing, a toothbrush, uh, a shot glass, I, well, it wouldn't, a shot glass. <laughs> Let me go ahead and say it. They look like little shot glass, little plastic things. Hey, it's a PK, I'm just saying, right? Um, she got some oven, uh, oven scrubbers or some, some, some scrub pads and just like some, just some, can I be really honest and transparent and just my vocabulary be really, really uh, elementary, it's just crap stuff, right? I mean, it was just, it, just, it was just like crazy, it was just, it was supposed to be hilarious, it was supposed to be funny, and it was! It was. I mean, when that first present got picked, is Caroline in here? She didn't find it funny. <laughs> she picked that gift. She picked that one. <laughs> and as she's unwrapping it, she's like, this sucks. But she's trying to keep a smile on her face, right? 
And so she, 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 she opens it up, and, and man, I mean, they're laughing, and Addie's laughing, and, this, and it is, and it's hilarious. And, I, and yes, I let my kids do that, all right? All right, don't judge me, okay? It made for a funny moment, but what was even funnier and the great life lesson was guess who ended up with that gift? Addison Taylor Hendricks. <laughs> and the look on her face when they took, when Caroline took the, 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 the bath and body, whatever that fancy story is that you get all that smelly stuff in, it gives me a major headache, all right? When she took that gift and give back that gift to Addie, it was like, dang, it's not so funny anymore. So I ask you again, why do you give? Why do you give? Why do you give? I, I want to I wanna look at these wise men. Now, I don't know how they got dubbed wise men. Well, I guess I do. They're, they're really not kings. Uh, that his, history doesn't tell us that. They were, wise, they were known as wise men because they studied the stars. They charted. Uh, the, they were kind of like scientists. They were, they, they, they were uh, people that could read and map by the stars. They were mathematicians and things of this nature. So they were known as wise men. I, I don't know if you understand the Christmas story clearly, but at this time, uh, Jesus would have been around two years old. He would not be a baby anymore. He'd be a toddler. And, uh, you know, and I, I didn't have to go to seminary for this. I could just read my New Living Translation, and, and it says that they went into the house. So, you know, the little nativity scene and the it's just so wrong. Uh, he was not in a manger anymore. They had obviously found a house uh, probably in the projects, and, uh, and they were living there. And so these wise men, they see the star because that's what they study. And they, they go to King Herod. They come from the eastern land. And they say, where is the king and, and of the Jews? And he's like, do what? And you know the story. He sends them out. And so they, they I don't know about the star. There's a lot of people that speculate, well, was it Halley's Comet? Or was it this uh, alignment of Jupiter and, and uh, um Saturn or Mars, one of them, it made this, this supernova. I don't know. I, I think sometimes we, we try to explain away the Bible in, in hopes that we prove it to be true. And why don't you just accept it? It was a miracle. I have no idea. All right? It was just a star. It was a bright star that they had seen and that they followed, and it led them to the house of Jesus. And what I want us to hone in on for the next few moments together is when they find Jesus, what did they do? How, how, how did they respond well, it's real simple. You already know because of the setup. They gave. They gave. I, I don't think that you have to, I think that it's important to teach about tithing and giving and, and make you mindful that we need volunteers to work with our children and volunteers to work with our students and volunteers to work in the parking lot, especially when we move downtown to our downtown campus. We'll need those to help at Crosswalk because you'll have, you'll have street parking down there and you'll park across the street at Napa because we will be in an overflow state, which is an awesome thing. And so I, I, I think it's important to go back and teach those elementary things, but I, I live under the impression that, that the way that my life has worked, I never had to necessarily be taught. I had to learn to give of my time, my talent, and my treasure, and I had to learn where I actually and why was I giving. Remember, think about why, why are you giving that gift? Why are you even here? Why do you give? And as we look into the first Christmas story now, now it's, 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 again, it's very interesting to me. I've never preached it this way before, but I just want to hone in on the, the, the overflow and what happens in that moment of getting in the presence. And see, that's the reason for me, I give. I, I've just experienced, or if you want to get really technical, I, I have seen Jesus. Now you say, have you physically, what does he look? No, no, no. Man, I, I have seen him with the eyes of faith from my heart. I've experienced him. I've watched him. The heavens declare his glory. I've watched him. I watched him this morning as, as, as Addie was, was singing up here and as DeAndre was singing up here. I watch, I watch as the Holy Spirit flows through them, and I, I see God. I see God smiling as our, as our worship pastor leaves. So I, I've met God, and out of that meeting God and experiencing God, the overflow is a natural, just a natural tendency to give. This is exactly what happens with these wise men. They get in the presence of the Lord, and the first thing that they do is to give. It's just a nature. I ask this question, why do you give? Like, why are you giving that special gift that you are giving at this holiday season? 
Most of the time, the reason we give the gifts that we give is because we love that person and we give those gifts. And we look hard and we search, just like these wise men. They, they, they looked hard and they searched and we want to get the perfect gift and we want, to, we want to respond in a most appropriate way. We want to show them how much we love them. And so we find that we find the very first thing that we see in this Christmas experience is they begin to worship the Lord is that they begin to give. I don't think you have to be beg. I don't think you have to be beat down in order to give. And I'm not talking, remember, I'm not talking about just your money. I'm talking about your whole being. Paul would write and he would say they first give themselves unto the Lord. You see, he's not necessarily interested in your pocketbook or your wallet. That's a part of you. He's interested in you, and, and when you really experience, when you really see him like they, like they could see that star and then they, they could see Jesus, the natural response will be this overflow to just give. I want to, first of all, give him my life, and so I want us to hone in for a few moments. I, I think the very first thing that you do when you, when you really experience Christ is you want to give, and so it starts with your life, but it's because they give out of confidence. They, 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 they were confident. Now, remember, they, 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 are, they are wise men, and the reason they called them wise men, this is not a Christmas sermon, it's just using the Christmas story to talk a little bit better and a little more in-depth on, on, on this thing called giving and receiving. So, heaven had given up Jesus. At about two years of age now, they find him in this home. They have been led by a star because that's what they did. They studied the stars. They were scientists and mathematicians, and they were wise. They were those that Daniel talked about in the Old Testament and wrote about. They interpreted the stars, interpreted dreams, and they found when they find Jesus, when they find him, the very first thing they want to do is they want to give. They, 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 they have this natural overflow of worship and, and offering. And why? I think it's because with, with all of their heart and all their being, it's the first time in their life that they were absolutely 100% confident, listen to me, that they had found the king. I think a lot of times the reason we don't give, the reason we need volunteers, the reason we don't have the packed house, the reason that you're struggling financially, the reason that those things go on in your life, the reason you war over what gift to give and we struggle with it so much is because we're just not confident. I mean, have you ever experienced that? Have you ever thought long and hard and sought out and special ordered and had it specially made and give that gift and you, and you can't wait to Christmas morning and you get, or birthday or whenever you give the gift but in this season at Christmas and you give that gift and when you watch that person open that gift, you can see it on their face? They really didn't like that. I've had a few sweaters and a few ties like that. For the record, I'm not a tie guy. All right? I'm not a sweater guy either. But it's okay. And if you want to track with me where my heart is, it's like that's the practical side of it. But let's talk about the spiritual side. Have you, have you ever been confident? Man, I'm, I'm excited and built up the courage and I'm going to go to church today. Or I'm going to step forward and I'm going to say, I, I've, I'm giving my heart to Jesus. Or are you going to step forward and say, hey, if you need help in the nursery, I'll rock a baby. Hey, if you need, or, or today I'm actually going to give the largest gift I've ever given. I'm going to tithe, I'm going to, or I'm just going to tithe. I'm actually going to get to an actual tithe. I'm going to give. I know that it doesn't make sense. Have you ever just, have you ever just done that? And then when you do it, all, I mean, listen, you get home and, 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 and Bradley, I can't, this is the only thing that's on my mind because you just was talking about it again, is that your washing machine has flooded the house? Y'all pray for them, they flooded the house. And along this journey, sometimes because, again, why do you give? You, you, you say, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love them. I'm going to put myself, I'm going to open myself up and, 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 and only to find rejection or only to find hurt or only to find that you were made fun of. Only to find, I think that along this journey, over and over, and in, even in the house of God, there are times that you walk in and they look at you sideways. I come up to that register carrying that stack of toilet paper. I don't know, it has six stacks. I don't, I don't remember. I, I, I come walking up. You, 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 you should have seen the look on that cashier's face at the DG above the house. And then <laughs> she said, whatever you ate, don't do it again. Don't eat it again. I was like, yes, ma'am. People say a lot with their face or people say a lot with their look or their silence. Could it be that in this moment, they, and I don't know if you've ever been around people that, that, are, that are scientists, or mathematicians, man, they're perfectionists. 
They're never satisfied. They think there's one more number. They think there's one more theory. There's one more thing to figure out. Could it be that in this point in their life, there is one thing that they are confident about in this moment in history? They have found the king, the Messiah. Could it be that the reason that you don't give is because you're not confident? I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me, though. If you trust him, you say, I'm a Christian. You say, I trust him to save my soul from, a, from hell and get me to eternity supernaturally, but you can't trust him in order to give your best. You can't trust him to give a little extra time. You can't trust him to give that money. You can't trust him to give that talent. But you trust him with your soul. Could it be that you have a lack of confidence? Can it be that you look at that 20? And the reason I keep bringing that up is because in my house, I put, I put cash on top of the refrigerator. I got a little spot, I stash it. It's where I put the cash. I get it out. I put it through the week. If I get any gifts, if I get, if I get a, a, a gift like yesterday, I, I, they gave me a nice gift for helping their, their dad's service. Didn't have to do that. It was, more, it was an incredible blessing. And so the first thing that I know to do, because, again, I don't have to be taught to do that. I have overflow. I just stick that on top of the fridge so that on Sundays I'll take it out and slide it over there with with little mama stuff that she writes the checks as we give every Sunday the best that we possibly can. And, and, I, and, and, and the reason I'm telling you this is because there's been several times that some of that cash that was up there on top of that fridge in the past couple weeks, I'm telling you, my flesh, my eye, my wandering eye has looked up there and go, I could really use that 20 today. But it's not my 20. And if I, take that, if I take that back, then I'm saying, okay, Lord, I'm not necessarily confident in you. I'm saying I'm not, I don't trust you. Could it be that the reason they were overcoming, the reason that the very first thing that these wise men, that they would, they would do in the presence of Jesus was they would literally give? Could it be that they finally, finally, finally found something that they had confidence in? Because he, they come to Herod, and listen, could, they could have been beheaded. They come before Herod and they say, where is the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. They were confident that they had found the king. Could it be the reason that you don't do the things that God has called and asked you to do, that you don't serve, that you don't give, that you don't go to the soup kitchen, that you don't, you don't give extra or go above and beyond in any season or any situation is because you really lack the confidence? I can understand that. Why do you give? I give because I'm confident that I can never outgive my God. I am confident that his word will never return void. I am confident in the Lord. I have seen in the leanest of times, I have seen the Lord take just a little oil and just a little flour and make an incredible meal out of that to feed my entire family. I am confident that I found the one that said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You will not have to beg bread. I will provide for you. If you do your part, I will provide. I am confident in that. Are you confident? Why do you give? And, and the thing that you've got picked out for your sweet honey boo-boo or your kids, are you confident that they're going to like that? See, those things in this world, they don't bring confidence to us. Because what you think is awesome and may work and may last and may be the perfect gift, I promise you, may not be exactly what that other person is thinking is the perfect or best or will last. Could it be that the very first thing they did and the reason that they gave was because they were confident? That they had found the king, they had found the one that they had been looking so hard for and so long for and that he would be the one that would provide and he would be the one that would take care I believe that they gave out of their confidence. And it strikes me interesting that the overflow in that first experience is that they were giving, that they worshiped through giving. But it come from a place of joy. Now we understand, you've heard me say this, especially before we take up an offering, that God loves a cheerful giver, right? A place of joy. I, I literally see in this, now again, I'm just honing in in the Christmas story, just the wise men and just what they did in response of coming in the presence of the king. They gave. But when, they, when, they, when you back it up and say, well, it was an overflow, and this is what happened, the starting of that process was this, was great joy. 
And what's really interesting to me is if you read it real slow and careful, you'll understand the text and the way it flows, is that that joy that they had, man, it wasn't even, it wasn't even in the physical presence of the toddler. They hadn't even come in the house yet. It says when they got to the house, it, it says, I believe it's verse 11, it, it, they, were, they, were, they were overcome with joy. And I love how the King James Version says it, right? I, I, I preach and teach from the New Living, and it talks about how they had this joy. But I want you to listen to how the King James says, it's verse 10. When they saw the star, this is before they ever get in the house. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. That's a quadruple dose of joy. I mean, it wasn't just joy. It wasn't just rejoicing and joy. It wasn't just exceeding. It was exceedingly great rejoicing joy. You see, the natural response when you really meet the king, when you get in the presence of the Savior, when you, when you see the one who died for you, the one that come to save you, the one that will never leave you nor forsake you, the one that you can find surety in, that you can have confidence in, that will have your back no matter what, that will come in the room when everybody else is leaving the room, that will never, ever, ever turn a deaf ear unto you, that will always accept you back as the prodigal son or the daughter, that one that's always there. See, the natural response to this is just joy. Nobody loves me like that. I tell my girls all the time, I wish everybody loved me as much as that dog loves me. That dog will flip out every time you walk in the house. And if you're not a dog person, shame on you. They just go crazy. Unconditional love. Could it be in this moment that before they even get in his presence that they have this exceeding, rejoicing, great joy? They're overflowing at just the opportunity to give? I mean, do you look at it like that? Do you look at it every Sunday or Wednesday or small group meeting or maybe every day you go to your job or go to the school or whatever? Do you look at it as an opportunity to give? Remember, I'm not talking about just money. They gave first of themselves. They had joy before they ever clocked in. They didn't even get in the house. You ever just think, stop and think for just a moment how it's just an opportunity, like you have the opportunity to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that you have that opportunity to make a difference? I'm mindful of this weekend. I told the family that met with me, I said, listen, all the bells and whistles that you put around it in a memorial service, it won't bother me any. My part always stays the same. I rightly divide the word of God, no matter what. It doesn't matter what, what songs before, what songs after, who testifies. It doesn't make any difference. What I've been called to do is to rightly divide the word of God. I'm the pastor preacher. That's what I do. This is what I'm about. It doesn't make any and, and, and I stop and I, and, I, and I think about it, and it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult situation. Funerals and weddings, closely related, they, they, they make me so nervous, even after 20 years. They get me all geeked up, and just, I, I just get all like, I just want to, and, 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 and so the family was looking at like, why, why would you be so nervous? I have the opportunity to handle and rightly divide ancient, sacred, eternal text. See, we, we take it for granted because we got the app, or we've got 20 of them in our house, and we don't even read one of them. Sorry. Chasing a rabbit, sorry. We just take it for granted. In my house, my, my, my family knows. If my Bible, and I have two or three you normally sitting either on the, the table or the coffee table in front of where I sit, if you put something on top of my Bible, I'm going to quickly remind you, do not lay anything on my Bible. I picked that up from Dr. Rodding my freshman year of college. Don't you put anything on the Word of God. Don't even let dust get on it, boys. You say, do you look at it like that, that you have an opportunity? These wise men, they, they, they saw that before they even get in the house, that, that this long journey, this difficult time, this struggle that we're in, that they have the opportunity to be in the presence of the King of Kings. Did you not realize every time you clock in or every time you show up or every time that you open your eyes and breathe in breath this side of eternity that it's an opportunity to worship and to serve and to glorify and to give yourself first unto the King? It's Christmas Day every day, man. 
What was the first thing they did? They, and, and this overflow of joy was that they would give. Why? Because they were confident. They had found the king. And I can promise you, if you experience the Jesus of this word that I have experienced and radically watched him shift people's life down through the years, it will give you confidence. And you will overflow with joy at the opportunity. The thing is, is, is that it's not an obligation. I don't give, I don't give of my treasure. I don't give, I don't, when I give, when, when, when let's, let's look at it, it's Christmas season and the practical side of it. When, when, when our girls open their gifts Christmas morning, and not before then, when they open them Christmas morning, I will sit there with great joy as they open, no matter what, no matter, no matter, listen, it may be few, it may be a, 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 a cheap this or cheap, it may not be expensive, but I will sit there with great joy as they open those gifts because I was under no obligation to get them. Just, I, I, told, I, I have to remind you now, just because I'm that old does not mean I'm obligated to get you everything you ask for and do everything you want. That, that, that's not part of the rule books here. But because I have the opportunity to bless them, I am going to bless them because it brings me great joy. Do you look at your life that way? Do you look at it that every time you wake up, and no matter what you do and where you go, that you have the opportunity and you're not obligated? You can choose to live for the world. But if you meet Jesus and you're overflowing with this joy, this peace that passes all understanding, this incredible confidence that you have finally found the one that loves you unconditionally, that gave himself first unto you. You want to give back, and you don't have to do it out of obligation. My time, my talent, and my treasure, they just saw it as an opportunity to give. Now, I want you to lean in with me because here, here, here's the crux of, the, of, of my heart this morning in this story. Why? Title this morning is Why Do You Give? Why? Why were they overcome with joy even before they got in his presence? I mean, could it be they said, No more walking anymore. Yeah, that's over with. Man, they got something to eat up in there. Maybe they're singing my kind of music in there. Maybe they all look like me in there. I don't think it was anything like that. Could it be, could it be, if you'll stay with me for a moment, could it be that the reason they were overcome with joy and out of that overwhelming joy become an overflow offering? Could it be that they had finally, confidently found true love? Could it be in this moment that, that they not only found in that true love, because true love does this, could it be that in that moment the reason it was so overwhelming is not only was it true love, but it was true acceptance? That then one turned them away, no one judged them because they were scientists? Could it be that, that in this moment that, that the reason they were so joyous and the reason that that, that that overflow resulted in them giving. Could it be that they just found a place that they fit in? That they didn't get turned away? Let me explain. Luke's gospel talks about shepherds. Matthew's gospel talks about these wise men. As a matter of fact, Matthew's gospel, he spends, the, he spends two chapters telling you about the birth of Jesus. The first chapter, he tells you, as when he was born as an infant and a baby, he wants to tie him to his divinity, to his, his lineage. That's why he talks about uh, that he is the rightful heir of the throne of David. In chapter 2, he takes the opportunity to show our Savior as that, as the Savior of the world. It's also interesting, I don't know if you've read Matthew through here lately, but that Matthew would open his gospel and he would close his gospel with the word being proclaimed to all of the world, to Gentiles included. 
You see, he, he, he literally says, Matthew says, stay with me, could, could it be the reason that they were overcome with joy and that they gave themselves and their gifts out of that place of being confident they found true love and true acceptance? Could it be that it was because they were from the east? Because Matthew tells us right away that there were these wise men that come from the east, which means they were Gentiles. They were not believers. They were seekers. They were not believers. And they finally found a place that accepted them. It, 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 would, you, would, you, would you just kind of go with me for a moment and, and, and kind of look past just what we see here that, that, that we know that they were probably Medes and they were Persians, they were Gentiles. Could it, could it be that, that, that Matthew, the reason he captures this moment and tells it like he tells it is because Matthew, not being a Gentile, I know that, but being a Jew, what did Matthew do? He was a tax collector. Everybody loves tax season, right? Tax collector was just a little bit above the Gentile. They were despised. Most of the time, a tax collector would scheme and, and take advantage of their own people. Could it be that Matthew is writing this in here for this moment, that when you, when you really experience Jesus, when you meet Jesus, you begin to follow Jesus, that, that, that he changes the things about you, that the reason you give is because he gave himself for you, and you understand that they, and that love and that acceptance, that the only natural thing to do is to give your life back to him and to the people around you? Why do you give? I believe they gave because they were confident. I believe they gave out of a place of joy that was overflowing because they had finally, finally, finally found a place that accepted them. That really loved them. And didn't turn them away. And again, could it be that Matthew, from his experience and his walk with the Lord at this point in the journey, as he's writing, as he's looking back on this, because you know he's not writing this down as it's unfolding, right? That's not historically how the Bible is penned. And he's thinking back in this moment and he's writing this out for all of us to worship, for all of us to come to a place to answer that question, why do we give, especially at this Christmas season, why do we give? Because I found incredible joy. I'll post it sometime. I've, I've been writing a, a, a post. I, uh, if you follow us on social media, um, our personal social media, uh, church has accounts too, but our personal one, um, when our daughter's transitioned into the high school, uh, Lana, she, all out of the blue, like I don't know where it comes from, she said, I'm going to, uh, Dad, I'm going to do uh, JRTC. And I was like, that's good, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I didn't think much about it, you know. And, uh, and so just like anything, if you see I posted something, man, she got all kind of ribbons and got that she's covering up the star over here on the side. She, I mean, she's, she's excessive. She does, she's an overachiever. Uh, Sandra wrote on there, you know, she's like her, it, being funny, but very, very true. They, they're both overachievers, are super competitive, super competitive, and do, do stuff with a bit of excellence. And, and so stay with me a moment. I, I, I told her I, I had done that, and I'd been in uh, JROTC um, for a season of high school, and, and uh, they're like, no, and, and I knew at my grandmother's house that there was a picture of me uh, at one of the military balls. There's several. My, my grandmother, if you've my nanny, her house is, her, her walls are lined in pictures. And then she's got photo albums, you know, stacked knee deep. And so I was going through those to find that, to show her that I, I, I was a pickle. I mean, I, I, wore, I wore the green uniform. The uniforms now look way better than they did back then. I promise you that. They look way better. And that I, I took it very serious, and that's what I wanted to do. And, and, and had actually enlisted. And then I had a family emergency, and so... Anyway, and so I, I, I go digging, I go digging through pictures, and I stay with me, stay with me. This has nothing to do with Army or art. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the pictures and finding. As I'm going through these pictures, Shannon and I were there. I was, I was going through the pictures at my nan's house. I run across two snapshots, two, two like uh, um, those little disposable cameras that you used to take pictures with and, and uh, uh, kind of rough, but I, I, I'd never, I had never seen these pictures. And, and I'll, share, I'll share them sometime and try to encourage folks, but... Um, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't know what it's, uh, if it's a holiday or whatever, I'm just sitting there. But I know what time of this year it was by not only the look of my eyes and my face, but the type of shoes I had on. My, my other grandmother, my nanny, my dad's mom, she worked at Garrett's in Clemson. It's the only reason I had name brand shoes or clothes at that point in my life, and really most of our childhood, because she got a clothing allowance. And so I, I know what season it was due to the Nikes I had on my feet in the picture, but, 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 but it's, it's, it, it, it really took me back when I saw this picture. 
Never seen it before. I don't even know who took it. I don't, I don't know what's going on. You know why I'm sitting there looking at something. I don't know. But I, I am probably as high as a kite. I mean, I look awful. Just rough. If I ever told you that the, the, the Easter that I give my life to the Lord, I was severely hungover that morning. I don't brag on those things. I, I, I'm just trying to say I don't have an issue giving. It's never been an issue. And I, I know they come through this season of the 10-year challenge on social media, but I saw this picture and I said, well, I got to put this, you know, find some snapshot of me now. And I got I to gotta, gotta tell the story about how this guy in this picture was lost, was a high school dropout, was homeless, was a drug addict. Not because of my family. I never, ever witnessed my dad drink anything or do any drugs in the middle of my mom. Never, ever. Never exposed, never was beat as a child, never was neglected. Or, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know of any of those reasons you would think it was just I just chose to absolutely go crazy. But I'll never forget and I'll never get over just like this first Christmas with these guys, this, this moment. I was confident standing in the front of the United Assembly of God as Pastor Reinhardt presented the gospel. I was confident that I had found a place and a person in Jesus Christ that loved me and accepted me just like I was. Rough. Could it be that the reason they had this quadruple joy in the King James Version? Could it be that the reason that they gave was because they were confident they had found the one that would love them, that would accept them? Now, I didn't leave them the same. He didn't leave me the same. Could it be that, that the reason, why do you give? I had nothing. You didn't get where you are on your own. There's no self-made man or woman. I don't care what the world says. You didn't do it. I had a mama and a grandmama, and I take care of her now. And my mama's in heaven. She's perfect. They prayed and begged God. And I'm in my nanny's house in this photo, so they let me in their house. And I was absolutely stoned out my gourd. Pathetic. I'm embarrassed. And I hit them and brought them home. But I keep feeling like I, I want to explain because I met him. I don't have an issue giving. Do you know how I become a preacher? Yes, called by God, so don't, don't go super spiritual. <laughs> you know how I actually got in high school dropout, severely dyslexic, right? You go to my story, right? I've got, I got my GED, and I got my college education now. But at this point in my journey, I didn't know, I, I didn't know squat, I could barely read. And I couldn't put it together, I didn't have a clue. That's why I, I think once I discovered, and the reason I made it through college and the reason things helped me now is, is I had to learn when I, when, I, when I see it, I gotta memorize it and do it just like I see it because I couldn't understand it nor could I read it well. But you know how I got to this place and this journey is that, is that I just kept getting asked, would you, would you mind sharing a bit of your story? Because they couldn't believe, here, here was this, here was this, this rough guy, this, this, this Gentile, this pagan, this, this worldly, tore up, tore, tore down, would you, would you just share a bit of your, and every time I turn around, they were like, would you tell our students this? Would you tell the students this? Hey, would you get up in front of our men's group and tell, and I just kept doing it. And listen, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I would say things like, we, we shouldn't do this kind of crap. And my, 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 what would become my mentor, he goes, you probably shouldn't say crap from the pulpit. You probably shouldn't use those words from the pulpit. 
And it just kept on and on and on and on and on and here we are. It, 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 what I'm trying to say to you is not brag on myself. I'm bragging on Jesus. I'm being like these wise men. I just, I just knew that I needed to give and 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 I needed to give. And it wasn't just my money. It was my time and my talent. I mean, I told you this before. I would get on a charter bus with a bunch of old people just to go to the zoo with the senior citizens just to hang out with Christians. I didn't know none. I didn't hang out with them. The only ones I knew was my grandmother, my mom, and maybe someone else in my family. I couldn't even tell you at this point in my life, but I knew that I needed to be around that, and I wanted to give. Why do you give? Why are you here? Why are you giving what you're giving? Or are you giving it all? Because with God, it's all or nothing. He gives because of the joy that he confidently found true love and true acceptance. Could Matthew possibly be reflecting on that moment going, everybody hated me. Jesus loved me and said, come follow me. So these wise men, they, I think they, the reason that they, they were giving is they were confident and they gave from a place of joy. And I, I think as we look at it and we close is that they, they, if, I don't know how you look at it, but to me, they, they gave generously. I think they give generously. I, I don't want to take the time, and this is not what this message is about. I don't want to talk about the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. I don't want to talk about the king and the priest and the, and the, the savior of the world. Those gifts, represent, they do represent that. What I want to see past this morning, what I want you to hone in on, why do you give and why are you not giving, is that are you being generous with your time, your talent, and your treasures? Why, why do you give? Do you have that joy? Are you confident that he is the king of kings and that he's got your back and you can never outgive him, that you can out, and never outserve him, that, that any time you give him is redeemed time, that if you will start your day, extend your day, and end your day with the Lord and in his presence, in, in whatever capacity it might be, that he will absolutely give you things that you can do more of in that day and will always provide. Why are you giving and are you being generous with it? I'm telling you, they gave generously. What do you mean? They gave what they had. I'm not trying to spiritualize past all of what each little gift was about. I'm saying they gave right then what they had in their hands. And I can't help but think because I'm just this simple that the reason that they gave all that they had is because before they actually give something of monetary value, something that was physical, that the very first thing they did when they walked in the house and they saw Mary and they saw that, they, they fell down and worshiped. And it just said, bloop, there it is. You can't hold it in when you're laying flat. When you're upside down with the Lord, when he turns your world upside down, when he turns things sideways, you can't keep those things in your pocket. You've got to turn them loose. And they were generous with it. They gave above and beyond. Why? Because they gave themselves first. Why? Because they had been confident they found the one that loved them unconditionally and that accepted them just like they were. Nerds and all. Science and mathematician, pagans, foreigners, outcasts, rejected, overlooked, often abused and neglected. They found true love and acceptance. They give their best. They gave as much as they had. And with the ability that they had, they didn't do it to impress anybody else. They did it because they were in the presence of the king. And it wasn't so. They didn't know what a tithe was. They hadn't been to Dave Ramsey's classes. They hadn't been to the late Larry King's Crown Financial Group. They hadn't been. They hadn't heard a preacher say that you're to give this, this, and this and do this. No, they got in the presence of the king. And when you get in the presence of the king, the natural response of the overflow of joy and love and acceptance is to give. I want to give you all that I got, God. It didn't need tutored in that. It was just an act of worship. I give, I give, I give. Every time you give, you are saying that he is the true treasure and he is greater than any treasure you think you need to hang on to this side. Why do you give? 
Stand with me, please. Verse 12 says, Matthew says, when it came time to leave, they returned to wise men. They returned to mathematicians, the scientists, the magicians, the magi. They, they returned to their own country another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. They had no idea what Herod wanted to do. As far as they knew, Herod wanted to worship Jesus. I, I'm not going to preach those cheesy Christmas sermons that wise men still follow Jesus. Wise men still seek Jesus. And when you come to Jesus, he will radically change your direction. I, 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 there is truth in that, yes. What I want you to see with me this morning is that when you give everything you got to the Lord, if you want to change your situation, if you want to, if you want to better yourself, if you want to get out of whatever rut you're stuck in, then I can tell you how to do it, all right? I can tell you just based off the experience, not only personally that I've had, but off what the word is saying right here. I can tell you, you want to change it? You want to change your marriage? You want to change your home? You want to change your job? You want to change this church? You want to change this community? You want to change this state? Change this nation? Change it? You get it, right? Here's what you do. Get confident. Get joy. generous it'll change things because I can tell you based off the word of God and my experience in my 20 years as a Christian and trying to walk this thing out and live this thing out and not just preach it but be a guy that practices what he preaches all other ground is sinking sand you want to change you want to change get confident stop being wishy-washy Stop being tossed to and fro with the slightest of winds. Quit being blown off course. Stay the course, even in the lean times, even when you can't see them, even when it's just a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, even when the kids are being rebellious, even when they're still out there living astray, even when you lose your job, even when your marriage falls apart, even in those difficult times, even if the diagnosis is not what you wanted. Stay confident. This too will pass. He will see you through the valley of the shadow. Stay confident. You want to change your situation? You want to change your direction? Stay confident. And when you get confident in the Lord, I can promise you joy follows. I walk with joy. Hey, people look at you, you're crazy. You don't, how can you be joyful in that mess? How can you, how can you have a smile on your face and a, and a skip to your, how can you say this is going to be the greatest Christmas ever? I will never forget the first Christmas as a single dad. Most of the presents under the tree, I did not put there. Like 90%. And have it. But he had my back because he put me in you. I had a crazy, crazy family that loved me and loved Daddy. You want to change? You want to change. Get confident. Get joyful. See it as an opportunity, not an obligation to serve, to give to live and get generous you see the more you give the less time you got to worry about yourself the busier you keep yourself in the Lord the less time you got to be bitter with the mess that's going on around you you have no idea most Sundays the hell that has gone on in each individual's lives before they entered here you have no idea at the hell that went on in my life or my family's life before we entered here and rightly divide the Word of God. I don't see it as an obligation, but an opportunity to serve you by serving Him. You want to change? It changed. Yes, it changed. It changed the course of their life. I'm sure it did. But I'm talking about just immediate change. Get confident. Get joyful. And above all things, get generous. When is the last time you have given? yourself completely to the work of the Lord. Remember, I'm not talking about your wallet. Those things follow. That's secondary. Money don't matter to God. Motives matter to God. That's why I said, where your treasure, that's where your heart will be. 
Why do you give? Why do you give? Father, we love you. Thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you for showing us what true love looks like, what true acceptance looks like. Out of that, we find incredible confidence that we can do anything that you bring us to. We can get through anything that you bring us to. We have unending joy. And God, we are generous. We give ourselves a first to you. We give ourselves afresh to you this morning. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're here this morning and you've never given your heart completely to Jesus Christ, the Bible's clear there's only one name. That name is Jesus. The Bible is clear how you do that. He says, by faith, by faith, you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. You say, what is that? That Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He didn't say you have to have John 3, 16 memorized. He didn't say you have to be a part of a Baptist church, a church of God, Pentecost, and all that. He didn't say you have to be baptized. He just simply said by faith, if you will believe, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Savior of your life and that you need him, he said that you shall be saved. And so you need to say something like this, either out loud or to yourself. You need to say, Jesus, save me, forgive me. I give you my life. Thank you for giving your life for me. In Jesus' name, nobody looking around. If you're watching or listening or listening and watching later in the week, please message us. Reach out to us so that we can celebrate with you and equip you. But if you're here this morning on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand so we can celebrate and begin to equip you. One, two, three. Say, so that was me. I completely give my heart to the Lord. Amen. Maybe you're here in you're a child of God, but man, it's been a long time since you have completely given yourself over to the work of the Lord. Today is a day of refreshing. He didn't come to beat you down. I didn't come to bring a, 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 a rod and, and through the word and, and, and make you feel beat down. I come to encourage you that you are still loved, that you are still accepted. And there is no time like right now for a fresh start. Fathers, we open the altar. I pray that you move like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. And hey, will you lead us, Pastor?